Recently, a friend of mine died, and this is exceptionally shocking because I'm not even 30 yet, and this person was a similar age to me. So I thought I would tell the kind of story of what happened, and not from a, like, his perspective necessarily, because I don't want to, like, be disrespectful, but from... A me perspective and I don't want that to sound like I'm all about myself and I'm so selfish but like I don't want it to I don't know I don't know if it's disrespectful to talk about him in a podcast episode so I'm going to talk about how I kind of dealt with it because it wasn't great <laughs> um unfortunately I do make jokes in negative situations it's called gallows humor I've also got this really bad habit of laughing whenever I feel mm, scared or awkward so kind of expect that okay and as a doctor I basically deal with sad shit all the time so we have some weird coping mechanisms let's put it that way so I'm not saying the way I behave is normal in any respect okay so my last episode was about um my mental breakdown and I say that very kind of jovially because I'm kind of somewhat over it now I had a pillow sob that's what I'm going to call it a pillow sob and I have somewhat recovered no more pillow sobs have occurred and if you don't know what a pillow sob is my friend you have not lived you need to put your (laughs) put your head into a pillow so that it like suffocates the noise and just let it all out sob because sobbing out loud like a child does feel kind of embarrassing but doing it into a pillow wow it's a whole new world out there so if you haven't done that and you're fancying a little sob a proper like (gasps) like a proper fucking breakdown go and do it into a pillow because they'll appreciate it they appreciate the love so okay let's get into my little story so i mean i've seen a lot of people die and it but it's pretty rare that i see or hear of a young person dying and i feel like i have known about some young people dying most people that die are old let's face it they are and it's kind of more well it is expected therefore it's more accepted and we kind of expect old people to die they expect themselves to die so it's like everyone was on board when somebody dies young and it's maybe unexpected or you know that's it really or it was like a sad thing it's always a sad thing but like as in if they they had so much life left you know Okay, the reason why I say that is because I have seen some people, some young people who, not really many, but some young people who have not really had a life and then they become end of life and then it's like, it's still sad, but it's maybe more expected because they've been unwell their whole lives. Now, some people that I've known have been well their whole lives like physically well and then they die or they get like a serious illness and that is obviously really hard and it also I think in a selfish way kind of hits home you're like you start thinking about yourself and your life so I will get into that in a minute but probably the first person that I can think of I mean I've heard of like people on the grapevine my age or similar dying but I remember the probably the first one was when and most people 
I'm gonna say committed suicide because it's just it's an easier phrase to say but a lot of people some people disagree with the phrase committed because suicide used to be a crime if you didn't know that and to commit suicide was to commit an offence so a lot of people don't like saying committed suicide a lot of people say death some I keep saying a lot of people not many people some people say died by suicide or died uh, death by suicide I'm just gonna say committed because I'm lazy apparently so my a guy that I knew so when I was younger I was 16 I moved out into a flat and I did my a-levels living on my own There was a guy who lived above me who dated a girl, a girl, a woman that I was indirect friends with and they were older than me. They were like 25 to 30, so like 10 years older than me nearly and I remember seeing him. I didn't know he had like mental health problems but I remember seeing him one night and he was going somewhere and I was walking into my like block of flats and that was the last night I saw him and I found out that that I might have been the last person to see him alive I don't think so but that was the night that he killed himself and I don't know how he killed himself I'm assuming overdose but I don't know but that was the first kind of young person situation I've had where someone's died that's a similar age to me or you know young like 30 or below And obviously I was not in medical school then, but you know, I was sad and I was like shocked and I went to his funeral and I was, you know, but it didn't like fully hit home to me. I was like 17. I kind of, you know, when you're 17 or like, you know, younger than 20, you think you're an invincible bomb. You're like, I am never going to die. Or you know, you're going to die, but you're like, it's, it's nowhere near, right? It's not going to happen soon. So... I just sort of carried on with my life. Now, I wasn't like that close to him. I'd probably met him like two or three times. But, you know, it was still like shocking, to be quite honest, because I didn't know he had these things going on to the point where he was going to take his own life. So, yeah, that was the first one. Now, like I say, it didn't particularly hit home for the reasons aforementioned. And then... I heard of a few like people from school who had died um I think I don't know how though I think they were like road traffic accidents which suicide and RTAs I'm gonna call them are probably the most common causes for people dying in young life trauma and um suicide so then to hear about my friend who you know we weren't necessarily close but there's there's another plot twist to this we weren't necessarily close but as in like I wouldn't message him but if I saw him like I would catch up with him you know like uh I don't know what kind of friendship level you would call that but I'm I'm still like referring to him as my friend because I knew him and you know if I saw him on the street I would stop and talk to him like it wouldn't be like oh I'm not sure but I wasn't invited to his wedding you know and I didn't know he had cancer so you know not not great friends so alas it was still a shock though let me put it that way because now there are reasons why it was so shocking number one I didn't know about it um I think he'd been battling with cancer lymphoma for and this is all over the internet like I'm not spilling any secrets here but he'd been battling cancer lymphoma for 
it's like a type of blood cancer let's just call it that it's similar to leukemia but it's actually like of the lymph nodes you know those lumps that you get like your glands for about 20 to 22 months I think and I didn't know but it had been like on Facebook and now I think about it I'm like did I know did somebody tell me that he had lymphoma because I'm thinking that maybe they did and I just forgot but now I'm like did I misremember that am I just like making up memories in my head because that can happen you can it's you know it's a common phenomenon that you make up memories that you think you had because other people tell you stuff and you're like oh yeah maybe I remember that Anyway, I'm not sure. It's like a 5%, not sure, 5% uh, chance that I do know. So anyway, I got, I'm on one of the, I'm on a multitude of group chats, but who isn't? Like, I don't know, like, something's going wrong in your life if you're not in at least one group chat, let me put it that way. So I'm in like a multitude of group chats. I hear from one of them, and it says like it mentions this person's name and I just thought oh didn't really think much of it because I thought I didn't know them they were talking about the nurse um who was this doctor's wife and I was like who's that and then it like carried on for a bit and I was like who are they talking about so they screenshotted a post that she'd put on Facebook and I went onto her Facebook to try and see who this guy was that she was married to and then it hit me that it was the guy that I knew who was a doctor who is he was 31 okay now I find out not only does he have cancer not only is he also married uh, which I didn't know not only is he really unwell but he's actually dying he's in a hospice and that is never a good sign like to get into a hospice you have to be pretty much end of life so I knew from that moment on I was like he's got at least less than two weeks to live like that's that's the situation now I've seen people dying of cancer died of cancer it was very quick but alas he died of cancer now what ends up happening is sorry spoiler alert but they end up getting thinner and thinner and thinner they get anemic they get loads of pain they get really I've already said thinner skinny and they just end up withering away and it's a horrible thing to see is somebody getting consumed by cancer but in my head I was thinking that's what's happening to him and it was really I was getting like flashbacks that I never had like as in flashbacks that I've never seen so I've never seen him like dying of cancer but I guess I was getting flashbacks of what my stepdad looked like but of him if you get what I mean, like I was superimposing him into what I'd seen previously and of other patients as well. Now the difference is when I see patients in hospital acutely, I haven't seen them five years ago. I don't know what they looked like before. To me, they're just like that. I just get a snapshot of what they look like. And yes, they might be really skinny and look like they're dying. It's going to sound really like harsh, but, but that to me is like them. But like, that's because I'm seeing them, you know, in a few like a few days I'm not seeing their whole life do you know what I mean whereas these two people like my stepdad and this guy I've known them when they're well I've known them when they're healthy in inverted commas because my stepdad wasn't really healthy um I've known them when they haven't had cancer so then to be like thinking of them with cancer and seeing that like deterioration it was just it was kind of a mind fuck I'm going to be honest so 
this guy that I knew, he was a doctor and I think obviously that hit home so much more because when you're a doctor, I don't know what it is. It's like if you're a nurse, you, or like in any profession I feel, anybody who is in the same profession as you, if it's like a vocational profession, as in like one, I don't know, maybe it's the same for everybody, but like if you're, if you meet somebody who's in the same profession as you, you instantly relate to them, you like instantly are drawn together. So to break that kind of like doctor-doctor bond, it's very like troubling. It's to think of, you know, another doctor dying so young is just really quite a mind fuck. Like I don't even know how to explain it better. It's a mind fuck. And so not only that is he a doctor. I just think of doctors as being fit and well people who don't die. They just don't die. Like I don't know. The thing is we don't see doctors that come into hospital really. I don't know why. I don't know what they're doing. Like I've seen maybe like a maximum of five doctors who are like in their 80s. Are they dying before or are they like getting private healthcare or are they dying at home? I don't know. Or I think sometimes it's kept kind of secret and you don't go and see those patients. They're under like an alias name. And so it's kind of hidden from us, you know, so I kind of feel like doctors are you know, we look after ourselves generally. I mean, I did eat a mini roll and a wagon wheel today. So, you know, I'm not really looking after myself, but it's left over from Christmas. I'm trying to get rid of it. So that's my excuse. But we generally look after ourselves. We generally, you know, we don't drink excessive amounts. We don't, some people do, we don't um, smoke generally. We, ge- you know, we exercise. We generally look after ourselves. So to like think of a doctor getting struck down with cancer and dying it's just it was really really hit home and yeah it was really hard so not only that he was 31 now I'm 29 now and I was kind of thinking you know when I get to 30 that's like when you start getting cancer like and it's kind of true you know you don't really see many people under 30 who get cancer and die unless they're like children or most people are like you know you start getting them age 30 or above I mean it's rare but like you know that's when it sort of starts and you see like 35 year olds or 38 year olds you know what I mean like that age kind of getting cancers bowel cancer breast cancer those two are probably the most common or and then a bit younger is like leukemia lymphoma leukemia is more in children but it's yeah it's it kind of firstly I'm freaking out about nearly being 30 this time next year I will be 30 years old and I don't like it I really don't it's like really sending me into a panic I need some therapy okay I get it I need therapy but so to then hear of a doctor who had died at 31 I was like like my mind just couldn't handle it so those are the reasons why it was like so overwhelming then a few days after Christmas I get another message in the group chat the same one and it's another screenshot of um is it a screenshot I don't know anyway it's another message saying that basically he had died and you know I was expecting it thankfully but it's still it was like the 27th or something of December so it was still pretty 
Um, and also he died over Christmas. Like, that's not a good time, is it? That's a really bad time. And I just feel sorry for his wife, you know. She's now got this association with her husband dying at Christmas. Like, it really... Oh, God, it's so awful. I just can't, like... A lot of things don't hit home until they do. Until it happens and it's close to you. And you're like, it wasn't even that close. Like... I knew him, I didn't, like, I, but I saw him, what, like, five years ago? Maybe a bit less? But I don't know why it hit home so hard. I think because, like, I had spent a fair amount of time with him. Like, we, if you, I don't know if you know, I'm, like, asking you, like, you can reply. Um, I don't know if you know, but medicine during our between our fourth and fifth year we have this thing called elective and we go away for eight weeks anyway I was on four weeks of my elective with like we were together on the same elective not like we didn't go together but we were there together so I did spend a fair amount of time with him so yeah I'm just I'm I'm like god I'm getting kind of upset now um so yeah it's really kind of fucked me up a little bit mentally I I don't know I guess that's the closest it's really been to home for me and I guess it's just because he was like so fit and active and like a really well person he had so much like life left and you know it wasn't like he smoked and was diabetic and like had no legs do you know what I mean so I was just it was like even more difficult so I guess It's been a couple of weeks now, three weeks. Look, I want to stress that I know that I am not hard off here. Like, I, you know, there are people closer to him, his family, closer friends, and also his wife, who are obviously having, like, a shitter time than I am. But, you know, I'm just explaining my situation. Um, But I don't want to... I don't want to forget that people are obviously having a worse time than I am. (laughs) Like, obviously, I get that. You know, it's only been three weeks for me. I'm, you know... I'm not, I haven't lost like a significant part of my life, but it's still affected me. So that goes to show how much it's probably affecting other people that are closer to him. So I had, I flew off the rails a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, it really like fucked with my head. I really struggled with it and had a bit of a, like a bit of a fuck it attitude. I was just a bit like, fuck it, whatever and I won't explain what happened next um bad things bad things happened because my like YOLO attitude I would say anyway it made me really think what do I really want from life and I think this is the kind of positive ending is what do I really want from life because it can be taken away from you and I think we forget that when we're under 20 uh, under 30 or you know maybe even in your 30s it can be so easy to forget that we are mortal and I don't want that to sound really morbid because it's made me realise that I need to start chasing things that I want and I need to start fulfilling my life. Like I don't feel like I'm fulfilled right now. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I am living, you know, one month at a time because that's all I can currently afford and I'm just not living the life that I want to live. And that's made me realise, like, seeing what he did when he got diagnosed, you know, he went travelling and he made the most of it. And I don't feel like I'm making the most of my life now. And obviously I'm not dying of cancer that I know of, but it makes you think, what happens if I got diagnosed tomorrow? So what I've really thought about, and I've been thinking about this for a while because I've wanted to do it, but 
there's always a reason not to isn't there like oh it's um it's too expensive or it's you know too awkward or too difficult and you're like uh but then you just think like something like this happens to you and you go what am I doing like I need to sort myself out because I don't want my 20s to pass me by and to live my life in not regret but like what did I really do like did I actually enjoy my life not yes but like not I didn't live it you know I didn't live it um so I think what I've really learned from this is what I really want number one is to travel number two is to have more freedom and I think some of the things that I am constrained by at the moment are financial handcuffs. I said it in my last episode, you know, I am basically in handcuffs because I can't do stuff because I haven't got enough money. And I've now sorted out my tax code. Apparently it's going to be sorting itself out in the next couple of weeks. But it means that, you know, I am going to get take home more money. But also it's made me think like I want to have money to go and do stuff that I want to do. Like, I don't want to just be living, like, working to live and that's it. So I'm trying to think, like, I've been thinking about this for a while. I really want to live in a van or, like, a lorry. (laughs) Now, this sounds crazy because, like, the thing is it doesn't actually because a lot of people are doing it now. I don't want to live in a van that's small. I want to live in a lorry, like a horse box lorry. The issue is it's not as simple as just buying a lorry. I have to get an HGV license. I will be an HGV driver. Yes, I'm now a lorry driver. So it's a bit more complicated than just like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a lorry and roll with it. It's going to cost me quite a lot of money to pass my HGV test. But I'm kind of, at the moment, I'm quite uh, motivated to do it because I'm like, that's what I want to do. I also really want to do a road trip across America and a road trip across Australia. So that's what I'm currently saving for and having those things to like look forward to and actually think like because I've never saved for holidays before I've just sort of saved and then been like felt like a fucking knife in my throat when I've had to like take money out of my savings account because for me it's for um a house but you need a savings account for a house you need a savings account for a holiday you need a savings account for emergencies and you need a savings account for um other stuff I don't know miscellaneous so that's really made me think like okay I'm gonna have multiple savings accounts and I've got the accounts to do it I just don't like I need standing orders standing orders are the way forwards because I hate having to go onto my bank account and see how poor I am so it's made me think like what do I really want and I also think van life I'm gonna call it van life not lorry life van life is just so freeing and you can like save so much money doing it as well and you know you can work from your van and you can just go about and do things yes you sacrifice things but also I kind of want to live a more minimal life like I feel like I've got so much shit like I've got so much stuff that I don't need or want my main issue is that it's going to cost a lot of money to get this up and running so I'm gonna have to start selling stuff there we go um, I I guess I'm sort of appreciating life a bit more now. I'm kind of, or at least I'm trying to make moves to do so. I'm trying to think like, how do I want to feel more fulfilled? And if I'm not making moves towards that, what am I doing? So that's really changed my mantra about like, you know, being purposeful. And I think, unfortunately, it takes somebody dying for me to snap back into that. 
I definitely want to see my friends and family more. I am just making more plans generally. Now, I never really make plans just because I'm so disorganised and, I don't know, can't be bothered. But I am making more plans now. I need to make plans because otherwise you just don't see people. Like, what I really want is just for my friends and I just to go, yeah, let's meet up tonight. But it doesn't happen. And also, I'm not sure I want that because, like, I need to mentally prepare to see people. (laughs) I can't just be like, yeah, let's meet up. Like, no, I need to mentally prepare for a week to two weeks to host you at my house and physically prepare as well. So I kind of get it, you know, making plans a few weeks in the future is a good idea. And I guess just saying yes. I spoke to someone at work who was a nurse and I was like, what do you think about this van idea? Because I was saying about how I think about, like, death on a regular basis (laughs) because you know I'm existential and um, I'm also like acutely aware of death because I see people dying every day it's a great time and she was like haha have you thought about dying today and I like as a joke but I was also like um yeah I mean I did have a mental health breakdown the other day (laughs) great and then but then I said my conclusion was that you know I'm starting to think about van life and like that's what I really want I want to go and travel and be free and I don't feel free I feel fucking constrained and she was like well up for it she was like looking at vans with me and lorries and stuff and it was a great time so there we go people will support you I think my mum thinks I'm having a breakdown mum I am having a breakdown I've told you that many times So, you know, she's messaging me like, are you okay? And I'm like, probably not. So there we go. That is how I've dealt with another doctor dying. But anyway, I've got 30 seconds left on the clock. I upload every Monday and Thursdays. This has been Backseat I've been your good friend, Dr. Dawn. It's on my badge at work now and people think it's hilarious. Dr. Dawn, so that people don't think I'm a nurse. If you liked it, give it a like. If you want to subscribe, subscribe, duh and give it a five star rating and tell your friends and family and your dog is kind of like dog so (laughs) woof bye